Welcome to the Happy Pill Podcast. I'm Ursula Yerdun. In each episode, you're going to hear me share my story while offering information and resources while you continue on your journey of surpassing the effects of abuse and depression. I'm going to be doing some interviews with some very special guests who are going to share their journey and processes because my way is not the only way of healing. And the more information we have, the more we can share with one another. My hope is that you find love, inspiration, and purpose for your life. So let's get started. Hello, my friends, and thank you once again for tuning in. You may have noticed that I've had a bit of a gap between my podcast episodes because even though I'm creating and sharing this podcast with you, I too am still working through my own processes and journey. Just recently this summer, I had experienced another bout of PTSD that left me feeling very drained. And of those of you that know what it's like, you know how energetically exhausting it can be. I got triggered with some family issues that ignited a deeply rooted fear within me and for the second time in two years, I've needed to take a break from work to heal the symptoms while also working on the root cause of these issues. As you've heard me say before, trauma and healing is multi-leveled and multi-layered. It's like being in an elevator. You don't just immediately go from one level to level two. Like you don't go from level one to level two. It takes a bit of time to get to the next floor and so on. To me, trauma and healing are like that. There is a space and gap between the levels where it's multi-layered. Like floor 1A, 1B, 1C. And then you're on to floor two. That's kind of a rough analogy, but I think you kind of get where I'm going from there. Or you can use the onion scenario, right? Like many, there's so many layers to an onion. So I don't see this as a bad thing. It's just another layer revealing itself. And sometimes it knocks me out and sometimes I can let it pass me by. But this one was a pretty big one and it just increases my understanding and awareness of how important self-love and self-care is. So with this new development, I have what my therapist calls complex PTSD where I've experienced more than one trauma, more than one time. And that's the basic summary of it. But what I can share with you is I feel like I'm finally surfacing from this time away and I recognize how important it is to take care of ourselves. I cannot emphasize this enough. I've been very blessed to take this summer off as my team of doctors and healers agree with me. So I don't take this time for granted. I feel I've been very fortunate. What I've recognized this time around is that I didn't take the time for such self-care the first time I experienced severe PTSD. I went back to work way too fast, like way too fast, for me to ever properly recover. But I didn't know any differently. I just knew that I had too many bills to pay and I felt the pressure from work to return back to work while feeling the financial pressure to go back to work as well. What that meant for me was that I never recovered. And not only was it exhausting, it was also debilitating. I used almost all of my vacation days to help me recover, and I've had even more sick days at work than I would normally ever like to have. So what does the second time around mean for me? Like, what makes it different? It's that I now know what I didn't have last time, and I've taken charge of my recovery. 
I got the experience from last time and how I can create a positive lifelong effect so that hopefully, hopefully, this doesn't happen to me again. The biggest thing for me is that I refuse to have any pressure put on me from other people and from myself, and I'm taking control of my health. And this time I have to honor myself and what I really need. And the majority of my time has been resting. I cannot explain the level of exhaustion that I have felt and I am finally letting myself rest without so much guilt. I do admit there is still a little bit of guilt, but this is a time that I absolutely needed for myself. The first impact for me is always sleeping. I already have insomnia, but when I got triggered again, it just went from insomnia to severe insomnia. And sometimes I couldn't sleep until maybe 4.30 or 5.30 in the morning. And then those sleeps were broken and they were restless. So as you can imagine, this impacts everything. This is a major symptom and my therapist wanted me to get to the root of this. Of course, I've had many other symptoms as well, like my usual comfort eating, which absolutely sucked. I can't lie. And I felt guilty for going into my comfort eating, but it's what my body needed to help me get through that time. And that lasted about three weeks. I've also been removing myself from people. I've been staying in bed and just being quiet and alone and not wanting to go out. I've been flushed with anxiety, sadness, and fear. And because I was in my comfort eating, then comes the guilt and the shame of doing that to myself, right? (laughs) Honestly, it just, it, So needless to say, it was just a real messy time, but my tribe supported me in all of that. But what's really making me take pause now while I'm experiencing this once again is that all of these symptoms and the declining depression is the fact that I feel like I need to explain what it really feels like to experience this and the depression because this has become a greater issue than I ever truly knew and it's a much bigger topic that people really need to know about. Depression is a daily challenge for me. It can literally come up at any moment and at any time and it leaves me feeling trapped. And because there are so many emotions in dealing with depression, I just feel like I want to share that. Even being devoid of emotion is still an emotion. It's the recognition of feeling that I'm not feeling. Does any of that make sense? So one of the emotions that I want to talk about is terror. Because this is where it's all started for me. All the other emotional symptoms came from this emotion. This is where my depression started. And the more I can understand this emotion, the more loving energy I can put towards it, which is essentially putting more loving energy to myself. And that, in the simple nutshell, is how we heal ourselves, through love and self-love. So I've decided that I'm going to talk about a couple of memories so that I can explain what terror is to me and how I'm willing to move on from there. I just recently wrote an article about this and I'm hoping to have it published because let's face it, not not everybody listens to podcasts. And I'm going to share with you a part of that article that I was writing. And why I'm sharing the emotions of depression is because it's so diverse. No one feels the same way all the time about depression. It affects everyone differently and at different times. But unless we continue to share our stories and experiences, we can feel quite alone in this life experience. Some people may not even recognize what their true feelings are. 
So you're always going to hear me talk about how important it is to share. And that's why I'm sharing. I'm sharing to hopefully help somebody. So I'm going to start with one of my childhood memories. And I was living in a tiny, tiny hamlet of Delroy, which is just outside of Calgary. And I remember running through the house to hide when I saw his car steering towards our home. And you know who I'm talking about. This was the man who had um, assaulted me when I was a little girl. I've already talked about him, but I'm not going to give him the power of his name. So there. So I was running up the stairs, hoping for all hope that he wouldn't find me. My tiny legs, my tiny legs ran me up the stairs, dodging into the bedroom I shared with my brother at the time, desperate to hide in our closet. It was there that I discovered for the first time that there was a door at the back of the closet. And I felt this momentary sense of relief that I was going to be safe. And I was probably about, I think I was about five or six years old at this time. But when I pulled open that door and I flicked on the light, I panicked when I saw these dismembered mannequin body parts covered in layers of dust. I was so terrified that because I couldn't understand what these things were, and there was only one thing that I could do. I screamed. He found me, and I black out. This is, this is something that has happened before. So this is the start of terror. I've been afraid my entire life, so I've got fear down pat. I feel like I know that one pretty well. I've missed so many life opportunities because fear has kept me disabled. But terror, that's a whole new level of emotion, and I wouldn't want anyone to experience that. And you can ask someone who has experienced terror, and they'll probably tell you the same thing. Terror shapes my PTSD nightmares, and it's the emotion of complete abandonment of skills and powers. Not because I don't have them, but because the skills to save and protect me are not going to work. In one of my PTSD dreams... I'm surrounded by four alcoholic men. I'm outside in the backyard of the place that I'm living, and my landlord is asleep. The, the entire neighborhood is asleep. The four men approach me from all sides, and I'm sickened knowing what their intentions are. I know screaming won't help because they're just going to shut me up. I reach for my childhood bike as some as like some kind of protection for me like maybe i can hurl it at them and just to give me a moment to escape and i know they'll rip it out of my hands and toss it over the fence surrounded by them there is nothing left for me to do nothing no amount of fighting kicking or screaming is going to help terror is the feeling of knowing what is going to happen and having no power to stop it the result is inevitable. There will be no one to protect me. There will be no one to hear me. There is no God to save me. The assaults are going to happen and I'm going to have to live through it again and again and again. Terror is the declaration of powerlessness. It's your worst case scenario coming to life and the body becomes paralyzed in trauma that the only way to survive is to disassociate. And that's if you're lucky. The mind shuts off or it creates another personality that can handle what it's experiencing at the moment. And even with my disassociation, my body still recalls the terror because it can become reactivated with nightmares, triggers, or even in the process of doing healing work. 
So even if I don't have the assault film playing in my mind, every other aspect of me knows that something horrible has happened to me. And these are what I call the sensory memories. And if you recall in my previous episodes, I actually talk about the sensory memories. Right? They're in the smells, the sights, the sounds of my environment that can trigger the terror feelings once again. I'm momentarily paralyzed as my body freezes while I try and zone in on the culprit that's triggering me. A sound, a smell, or something. I'm on high alert and ready to run because out of the fight or flight options, I always choose to run. Terror has left me in the fight or flight response mode because my mind is always on the alert for the next assault. It never enters other brain waves like Delta or Theta because to do that, I have to believe and trust that I am going to be safe. So one of the first effects of terror is my insomnia. Never being able to go into a deep sleep and wake up feeling rested has led me to be exhausted. This is my general state of living, is exhaustion. Honestly, friends, to this date, I only recall once being able to wake up and feeling rested. Just once. In my entire life. Just once. So that leaves a lot of sleepless nights and plenty of room for depression to take hold. Because now that the terror is over, depression replaces it. The Halloween feeling that I am unworthy to be loved and protected. He didn't attack me because I was a girl. He attacked me because I was powerless. I've endlessly battled the emotions of powerlessness, unworthiness, and ugliness simply because I thought that this is how life was meant to be. As awkward it is to say, terror has actually served a purpose in my life. It kept me safe from going outside or staying out late, from wearing feminine clothing and identifying as a strong woman and stepping into the power of being a woman. It's sheltered me from my relationships. It's kept me safe from pursuing dreams and passions. Terror has forced me to create a world of safety first with the assumption that terror is ever present. With this background, you can see how limiting my life has become. But as I continue to heal, I can now stretch those boundaries a bit more each time to be more inclusive of who I am, which means taking my life and power back. Improving my perspective of the world at large while pursuing dreams and goals that I had once thought to be too terrifying. And I admit, I mean, yeah, of course it's, it's scary. It's scary for me to create this podcast. It's scary for me to share my stories. But yet that is part of taking my power back. Terror initiated my depression. The challenge in my life is to find purpose after my experiences and not let depression run my life. How I do that is by calling it out and talking about it openly, being raw and vulnerable and sharing with those who need to hear it. Empowering myself is realizing that the abuse was never about me. It was never about the innocent little girl that he was assaulting. From here, it's about building myself back up with the tools and techniques that I've learned in my decades of healing. Daily affirmations that I'm worthy meditating of my divine purpose while ultimately forgiving the people who hurt me. It's a daily process for me, but it's one worth living. And this is what I've come to recognize during this time off. Again, I cannot emphasize the importance of self-care and really getting in tune with myself. 
for you, it's getting in touch with yourself, who you really are. Terror is, I hope no one ever really has a chance to experience that because it is terrible and it is terrifying. It's all of those words, but we need to talk about it because I'm not the only one that's been paralyzed by it. And to take my power back is to actually sit with this, to see what this terror is. And that's what struck up with me during this time again, was this terror, this deeply rooted fear. And even though it's not always about him, you know, per se, there are other factors that trigger that. But I have to look at this terror and realize how much power does it have over me? Mm -hmm. I mean, over the years, it's had a lot of power because I also gave it power. I didn't know any differently, so I gave it power. Which, of course, when I've talked about how terror had served me, it also was a disservice to me as well, right? I mean, to be completely open, honest, and vulnerable in a relationship, that's terrifying. To pursue my dreams and passions, it's terrifying. And why is all of this terrifying to me? Is because it's the unknown. That's what scares me. It's the unknown, the unknown that I could be terrorized again, the unknown that I could be abused again, but it's also the unknown that I honestly could be very well. I could be healing. I could be thriving instead of just surviving. Does any of that make sense? It's the unknown that there could be so much goodness ahead of me and so much life and so much love and so many opportunities that Instead of allowing the terror to control me, I just have to look at it and go, thank you. Thank you. You've, you've helped me become aware. You've helped me awaken to the fact that, yes, you're there. Yes, you had served a purpose. Yes, it's part of my learning as a soul, as a being on this planet, that I am still here. So, okay, terror, I see you. I'm looking at you. And I can see the fear in that now. Okay, I've got you. I'm looking at you. What are you wanting to tell me? And it's always telling me that I am not the fear. I am not the terror. And it was never about me. And when I can sort of step aside from that, I mean, I will never condone the actions of, of the people that had harmed me when I was so young. But I can step back and learn from that. And so this terror has become a big message. I, I guess I am thankful for that feeling because I get what it is now. And I can empathize with people who have experienced terror because we know, right? We know. But it does not have to run our lives. And it does not have to ruin our lives. But we do have to be open to looking at it. And that's why I've been so grateful, really, really grateful for this time to properly, really properly take the time to heal, to rest. I'm not worried about what time I, I wake up. I'm not worried about that now. I, I'm just taking the time that I need to get the rest that I need. Because if I don't get the rest, then I don't have the energy to deal with all of the stuff that I am doing. And I am doing that now. I am taking the rest. I am looking at this. And I've got my supportive team. So I've already got that stuff set in place. And now the second time that I have gone through it, I feel like I have a better handle on it a bit. Right? It doesn't mean I'm still not going to like overindulge in my food because as you know, I've already done that. 
but it means that I have the awareness. It's like, oh, I've already experienced this. And you know what? I've survived it. I've survived it throughout my unawared, you know, my unawared, that's not a word, my, in my unawakened state, right? I survived it then. And now I'm surviving it again in my awakened state. And so what I'm doing is I just keep empowering myself. And that's, that's beautiful by taking the time and looking at this and recognizing that this doesn't control me because I am making the choice to not let it control me. And I do that daily. It's a daily practice. So I wanted to share in this episode about the feelings of terror, how it's impacted me, right? I'm going to go into other episodes about the other feelings. And I know that I was still going to talk about the blame game, and that's all going to be a part of it. Um, I'm just not tying myself down to a regime of episodes that I need to do. I'm just going to create what I feel like I need to create. And as always, my friends, I thank you so much for listening in. And if you want to share your insights and thoughts and and share with other people, that is honestly the greatest gift is by sharing the information and just let's expand our knowledge. Let's expand our base. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or someone you know is in immediate need of help, please contact your local authorities, distress center, or professional care provider. If you'd like more information on this episode or other topics, go to my website, UrsulaYou'reDone.com.